Let us pray. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Matthew 21.9 My Lord, I know that you've called me to be a great leader amongst your people. As you begin to evaluate my life, give me the perspective and posture of Jesus. Help me to be confident that I get to reveal that you've called me to greater things. When the weight of leadership tries to get me to shift from my identity, I will stand steadfast like the colt in today's story. I will remain calm in my resolve to unapologetically be me and lead how you've created me. As I move in your presence, help me to recognize my season. Help me to remain faithful, even when it's time for me to step out and live out the mission for my life. Like Jesus, hide me until it's my time to accelerate and elevate. For it is in the quiet and obscure moments that you are building my character and integrity, so that when I step into my calling, and I'm forced to carry my cross, I won't buckle under the weight of the responsibility. As I begin my triumphal entry into my purpose, I will look to you, Jesus, to see me through. In Jesus' name, amen. Listening to these daily prayers strengthens your relationship with God. Continue hearing from the Lord by listening to today's Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com The Triumphal Entry In our last story, we learned about the silent faith of Zacchaeus and the loud faith of Bartimaeus. Both men were held back by sin or misfortune. However, everything changed for them when they came in contact with Jesus. Zacchaeus used his riches to feed the poor and destitute. Bartimaeus was blind but had his sight restored. They were both examples of Jesus' power to change lives. Now we gaze upon the beginning of the end. The final week of Jesus' life begins. Although it begins with cheers, it will soon turn into tears. Inspired by the Gospels. Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. I'm so glad that you have joined us in our journey with Jesus through the Bible. In our last episode, we heard how the Lord brought healing and restoration to two different men who had both lived on the outskirts of society. Their encounters with the Son of God changed them forever and opened up a new life for them. Today, we'll hear how Jesus fulfills an ancient prophecy about the Messiah, entering into Jerusalem not as a king at war, but as one who comes in to bring peace. The enthusiastic crowd caught up in the moment will worship and praise the one who would soon be led to the cross to die for our sins. Let's hear today's reading from God's Word. It was late, and Jesus was enjoying the company of Lazarus and his family. Laughter flowed endlessly into the night. The disciples and Jesus lounged at the table as Lazarus retold the story of his death again. The Lord smiled and looked around the room. His disciples, 
his friends. He loved them dearly and was joyful to see God work and move in their lives. He knew that hard times were ahead, but he was confident that they all would be steadfast. All except one. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, lingered at the corner of the table. Outwardly he was charming and witty, but Jesus knew what truly dwelled deep within his heart. As the night went on, Mary, the sister of Lazarus, emerged from the back of the house. She was carrying a large jug of ointment made from pure spikenard. She knelt at Jesus' feet and began to anoint his feet and head with the oil. The smell of the spikenard filled the room. Everyone in the room was unsteady. Spikenard was an expensive ointment used for a very specific purpose. Burial. The disciples and other guests watched in awe as Mary anointed Jesus. The ointment was expensive and no doubt left over from Lazarus's burial. But more than the ointment itself, Mary was worshipping at the feet of Jesus. However, Judas did not find the gesture sweet. All he saw was money being wasted. What a terrible waste, Judas blurted out. All the disciples darted their eyes toward him. Judas, realizing he had just interrupted a holy moment, sought to recover himself. Well, we should save it and, and sell it to give the money to the poor. Jesus looked at Judas. He knew that the poor was the last thing he had on his mind. Jesus smiled at Mary, then spoke to Judas, saying, Do not harass her, Judas. Allow her to keep the rest of the spikenard for my burial, for the poor will always be among you. I, however, will not. Judas shrunk back in embarrassment, and Mary bowed and then left with the rest of the ointment. The disciples were too ignorant at the time to truly understand what Jesus meant. His time was approaching. The next day Jesus drew near to Jerusalem. The Passover was drawing near, and the time of Jesus' great sacrifice was at hand. Jesus sat with his disciples at the Mount of Olives. There he overlooked the city. He watched over the sea of faces below. People from all over the world had come to worship during the Passover. He drew a deep breath and looked to heaven. It is time, he whispered. Jesus stood to his feet and walked to Peter, James, and John. My friends, I have a special task for you. Jesus smiled, and the disciples chuckled. Usually that meant Jesus was going to ask them to do something absurd. They were excited at the opportunity. Go into the village at the bottom of the hill. When you enter it, you will find a colt tied up with its mother. It will be unruly and dangerous. I want you to take it for me. If anyone asks why you are taking the donkey, simply say, The Lord has need of it. The three men did as Jesus asked. The colt jolted its neck back when the disciples tried to mount it. It flailed its hind legs and kicked back. For nearly three miles, the colt dragged its feet stubbornly into the ground. Peter was nearly kicked in the head four times, and James was spat on twice. The colt was truly stubborn and unruly. However, as it approached Jesus, its spirit calmed. The wild beast ceased its writhing and stayed completely still before its master. Jesus approached it and stroked its face. The disciples were dumbfounded as Jesus mounted the colt with ease. Jesus descended down the Mount of Olives towards Jerusalem. Word spread that Jesus was on his way. The man who healed the blind. The man who cast out demons. The man who spoke with authority. The man who raised the dead to life. The man who fed five thousand. 
The man who spoke truth to power was approaching. Citizens of God's holy nation gathered at the gates of Jerusalem to gaze upon the chosen king. Jesus rode the colt slowly, and the people parted like the Red Sea to make way for him. Hosanna, they cried out. Blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord, they sang. They laid out palm fronds to make a pathway for Jesus. Some of them even removed their own cloaks for him to walk upon. The crowd roared with glee. They saw Jesus as the chosen Savior that would liberate them from the oppression of Rome. They saw him as a wise and noble king, worthy to sit on the throne of David. They wanted him to rule with power and wisdom. However, Jesus was not the king they expected. He was the chosen king and hero of God. He was the one whom every hero of Scripture pointed to, but his mission was not to overthrow a temporary government. No, he had a much greater enemy to vanquish. The sin and shame that choked humanity since the Garden of Eden needed to be conquered. This would require Jesus to die. So as the people stirred and sang, Jesus said nothing. As the people escorted him into the heart of the city to rule, he remained silent, for his throne was a cross. In today's scripture, Jesus and the disciples are dining together in Bethany, the town where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived. Lazarus was with them, and as they ate, Mary entered into the room and began to anoint the feet of Jesus with an expensive oil. She wiped the oil from his feet with her hair, worshiping at the feet of our Lord without regard for what others might say or think. All she wanted was to show her love for Jesus and to anoint him and prepare him for what was yet to come. It was a powerful moment that was more symbolic and more expressive than she could have possibly known. The oil she used was typically reserved for burial preparations. She did not know, even as they had dined together, that Jesus was aware from that moment that his time was drawing very near for him to go to the cross and give his life. Not all were touched by this act of worship, however. Judas Iscariot, the one disciple who would fall away and betray Jesus, complained at what he saw as the wastefulness of Mary's gesture of love and worship. He argued that they could sell the oil and use the money to help the poor. The reality was that Judas wasn't really interested in the poor or helping anyone but himself. For we're told that he often took money from the disciples' purse for his own gain. Jesus rebuked Judas, telling him to leave Mary alone, for she had done what she could and all that she could. Jesus was telling his disciples that could still not grasp that his time on earth was coming to an end, that worship and to serve the Lord Jesus was the goal of life. This is why we are made. He was soon, very soon, to be handed over to the authorities and put to death. Jesus' rebuke of Judas even helped speed this along as Judas soon departed to meet with religious leaders and agreed to betray the Lord. The next day, Jesus spoke with his three closest disciples, giving them instructions to go into the nearby village where they would find a donkey tied up with its colt. He told them to bring them to him, telling anyone who asked, the Lord needs them. This was more than just an arrangement for transportation. Jesus was fulfilling a prophecy from Zechariah 9, which we find recorded in Matthew 21, verse 5. Here it is. 
Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. At this time, the people of Israel were looking for a triumphant, conquering king who would enter the scene with power and dominance and overthrow the Roman government. But if they'd paid attention, they would have known that Jesus would be a different kind of king, for he came in humility, not as a military conqueror, but as the servant of God and the Savior who would give his life as a ransom for many. Just as Jesus descended the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem, seated on the colt, crowds lined the street throwing palm fronds to the ground for him to walk upon. They shouted praises, saying, Hosanna in the highest. Cloaks were removed and thrown on the path as well, and the excitement was palpable, and yet so many, most all, were missing the point. They wanted a Savior to fit their mold and make their dreams come true. They wanted a kingdom of their own. But Jesus had a greater purpose, and the people had a much greater need. The greater need of all is the need of salvation from sin and to break the chains that bound them spiritually, not just those who bound them physically. How often do we also attempt to fit God into our own plans, our own will, our own desires, rather than yielding and surrendering our lives to his purpose? Just as the crowd who wanted to seize Jesus after he fed the 5,000 and make him a king who would then cast off the yoke of bondage, this crowd wanted a Messiah who would establish Israel as a powerful nation free from the power of Rome. So they sang his praises, leading him into Jerusalem to claim a physical throne. But soon most would turn away, even calling for him to be crucified. The very ones who said, Hail him, would soon say, nail him. The ones who were saying, crown him, would soon be saying, nail him to the cross. The crown would adorn his head, would not be made of gold and precious stones, but of twisted thorns that spilled his blood. And yet it was by this blood that true freedom is found, because there is power in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear God, we thank you for today's scripture and how we are reminded of your love for us as Jesus came to Jerusalem prepared to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation and the forgiveness of sins and eternal life in you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. This is Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. I want to encourage you to download the Pray.com app and make prayer and Bible study discipleship a priority in your life. Put Jesus first in your life and watch what he can do when you give your life to him. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love, because by inviting others to join us on this journey through the Bible, many will meet the Lord and experience his power in their lives. I also want to encourage you to join my wife Deb and I on a trip to Israel, April 1st through the 10th, 2024. This is an amazing opportunity to walk where Jesus walked and to experience the Bible at a new level. When we tour Israel, we don't just see sights, but we worship, we pray, we hear the Bible taught, and it's my privilege to lead this tour and to teach God's Word as we go. So we would love to have you. And then also, there's a trip coming up July 6th through 13th of 2024 also to Alaska, an Alaskan adventure. And 
This also is an opportunity for us to be together as Christians, to enjoy great fellowship, to see one of the most beautiful places in all the world, and that is Alaska, to see the wonders of God and to worship Him, to study the Bible together, and to see all the great sights around. So again, Israel is April the 1st through the 10th, 2024, and Alaska is July the 6th through the 13th. You can go to jackgraham.org for information or to prestonwood.org slash Israel. We would love to have you, so check it out. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for your life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, I'm here to tell you about UpFaith and Family, the leading streaming service for uplifting entertainment. It's the only place to stream all seasons of the award-winning series Heartland with exclusive content you won't see anywhere else. Binge all the past seasons and don't miss a season 17 premiere on April 25th and stream a new episode weekly. Dive into the warmth of Heartland and let UpFaith and Family be your go-to service for all things uplifting. Start your free trial today. Go to UpFaithandFamily.com for your free trial. UpFaithandFamily.com Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.